you know, saying goodbye to people that we love, maybe that moved out of the area. You're happy for them. They got a new job. Maybe they got a cool house. It's bittersweet. You know, when a believer goes home to be with the Lord, we grieve, but not like those who have no hope. It's kind of bittersweet, especially if they've been in pain and suffering. Well, life is filled with bittersweet moments, and that is what today is about. In Revelation 10, a message called Bittersweet on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. And now, here's part two of Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. Now, for dealing with the resurrection in Daniel 12, 2, we know that the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. So we're dealing with an end time scenario in the book of Daniel. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. Those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. If you truly want to shine, lead people to Christ. Your mission on this planet is to lead people to Christ. That is what a wise person does. You lead many to righteousness and you will shine like the stars forever and ever. Now, Daniel is addressed, but as for you, Daniel, he's the author of our book, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. If you have the ESV, NIV, New King James, it says the time of the end. The New American Standard says until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Now, many who have looked at Bible prophecy and looked at Daniel 12.4 have made the suggestion that Knowledge increasing and uh, people going back and forth could speak of modern travel, planes, trains, and automobiles, which have really been birthed in the last about 100 years, right? We have people going everywhere rather quickly and sometimes rather slowly, depending on what freeway you regularly drive. And people go back and forth, to and fro. Sometimes you wonder if people even know where they go, (laughs) and why they're going there. But anyway, this is what we do. We go back and forth. We live in a technology age where everything is moving at fast paces. You know, we get information quickly. We get food quickly. We move quickly in vehicles. And and so people have looked at this and said, one of the signs of the end times will be people moving rapidly on planes, trains, and automobiles, and so forth. But I don't think that that's the context here. Many going back and forth and knowledge increasing in context probably has to do with knowledge of the last days. I would say to you that knowledge of prophecy is probably the context. And though there have been many incredible scholars over the years, uh, those in our generation, for example, have saw the return of Israel to the land. Many scholars before 1948 were trying to find other explanations for last days scenarios because Israel, it looked like Israel would never return to the land. And of course, they were gone from the land for some 1,900 years. But in our own generation, in in some of our own lifetimes, they have returned to the land. And so it seems that the book of Daniel is talking about going back and forth on the pages of Scripture 
and increasing knowledge in terms of prophetic things. I'll leave that to you to study a little bit more, but I think that's, it's safe to say that that's the context. Verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, two others, their angels, were standing, one on this bank of the river, that's the Tigris, and the other on that bank of the river, each on opposite shores of the river. And one said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, he's a third person, uh, above the waters, how long will it be until the end of these wonders? Well, that's the question, right? How long? That's the question that the kids ask in the car. When are we going to get there? When are we going to get there? How long? I mean, Daniel's been seeing incredible things in the book of Daniel, and he wants to know how long till this stuff happens, till we have these events occur. And I heard the man dressed in linen who seems to have the answers. Many believe that he is Jesus Christ, the two angels almost reminiscent of the mercy seat or the Ark of the Covenant where the Lord dwells above the mercy seat, and you have the angels' wings touching on the Ark of the Covenant. I'll leave that to you to consider. I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the waters of the river as he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever. Just put in your margin there, Revelation 10, 6, that it would be for a time, times, and a half a time. Now, if you've studied prophecy, you know time, times and a half a time is three and a half years. In Daniel chapter 9, the 70th week of Daniel is seven years, the final seven years. You can write down Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27. Half of seven is three and a half. At the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week, something occurs called the abomination of desolation. That is, the Antichrist going into a rebuilt temple, as we understand it, and proclaiming himself to be God. And this will spark the great tribulation, great persecution, great problems, and so forth. Well, this is what happens. It'll be for a time, times, and a half a time. And as soon as they finish shattering the power of the holy people, all these events will be completed. I would just tell you a simple way to think of this is it will happen until the end of the 70th week. Jesus said that those times will be amputated, cut short for the sake of the elect. A little bit of debate about who the elect are in that passage. But for the sake of the elect, those events will be cut short. Daniel has questions about what's going to happen to my people, my people Israel. As for me, I heard but could not understand, verse 8. So I said, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? What's going to happen to my people, O Lord? We we would all want to know if in a similar position. And he said, go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end of time or the time of the end. One writer said they're locked up in the vault of God's omnipotence, or you could say in God's sovereignty. Daniel's told, go your way. This doesn't have to do with your lifetime, so you're going to seal this up. This has to do with the end of time or the time of the end. Another way to say it is the end of the age. In Matthew 24, verse 3, the apostle said, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Daniel's uh, 12th chapter here has to do with the end of the age, the end of this time period, if you will. 
And Daniel's told, go your way. These events don't have to do with you. They're for a future period, so conceal them up. So Daniel's told to go his way. In Proverbs 22, 6, we are told, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not, what? Depart from it. That Bible verse does not mean that it's a cookie-cutter process for every child. We have to find a child's bent or gifting, the way that he should go or she should go, and we encourage them. Now, the, the bigger picture is wisdom in the book of Proverbs, the ways of the Lord, but then to encourage a person to follow their gifting. What is the way that you should go? And that way is the way you should walk therein. God has good works that he's prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. So you have to walk wisely. You walk in the wisdom of God. Daniel wants to know. He's interested in the prophetic events. And he's told, Daniel, go your way. Because this doesn't concern you. It's the end of days. His job was to write the prophecy faithfully. Many, verse 10, will be purged, purified, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, verse 10. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. It's all about those who have insight into these things. And from the time of the regular sacrifice uh, abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Now, all of you may be wondering, man, I just got my... My head around the 1260 days, three and a half years, what's with the 1290? I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. I think I have an idea. An extra 30 days is interesting. There was an alternative date given for the Passover. Listen to this. If you as a Jew somehow had gotten defiled in a foreign land, touching a dead body, etc., an alternative date was given to celebrate the Passover 30 days later, 30 days was also the time of mourning in Israel. They mourned for 30 days over Moses and when Aaron died. So the 30 days may be a time of mourning connected to the last days. And when you take the end of the chapter, which just go ahead and read it, how blessed is he who keeps waiting and attains to the 1,335 days. When we, we go through the book of Daniel, I'll tell you that I believe that that could point to Hanukkah, And I think what's going to have to happen in these end times is that when the abomination of desolation takes place and the temple is defiled, there's going to have to be a second Hanukkah. There's going to have to be a cleansing of the temple. And I can show you, and that's not our subject matter tonight, but I believe we have some pretty good authority that we're going to have a cleansing and a time of mourning for the Jewish people as they look on him whom they have pierced And they have a time of cleansing, almost like a second Hanukkah. Revelation 10 is our main text. And uh, I did all of that to show you some of the connections that you can see in these promises that come from the word of God. Six trumpets have blown. The unbelieving world is reeling to set the backdrop of Revelation 10. The end of chapter 9 shows people not repenting of their sins And we move into chapter 10, which we would consider another interlude. Let me just pause and explain. We had an interlude between the sixth and seventh seals. That interlude is Revelation 7. Two things happen. You guys remember it. The sealing of the 144,000 and the great multitude that appears in heaven that's uncountable. Then the seventh seal is broken. 
that six trumpets, but we're going to have an interlude between the sixth and seventh trumpet. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey everybody, my name is Shane Lance and I have the privilege and honor of being the music director here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening. And if you want more information on this event, you can go to the App Store on Android or iPhone and get our Living Truth app. Just look for the little red circle with the white pillars inside of it. Or you can also go to livingtruthcorona.org. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. We move into chapter 10, which we would consider another interlude. Let me just pause and explain. We had an interlude between the sixth and seventh seals. That interlude is Revelation 7. Two things happen. You guys remember it. The sealing of the 144,000 and the great multitude that appears in heaven that's uncountable. Then the seventh seal is broken. That's six trumpets, but we're going to have an interlude between the sixth and seventh trumpet. In fact, the seventh trumpet, skip ahead to verse 15 of chapter 11, doesn't sound until then. It says, the seventh angel sounded, 11.15 of Revelation. There arose loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. So there is an interlude between the sixth and seventh trumpets. And the question is, what's the purpose of the interlude and what's going on? Let's take a look and see if we can understand the context. So I saw another strong angel, Revelation 10.1. Uh, this could be a mighty angel. The word for angel is angelon. It means, in a basic sense, a messenger. We do know that in the Old Testament, Jesus is called the angel of the Lord. So in a basic sense, angel means messenger. Um, we have the city of Los Angeles. We know it as the city of angels. Well, Los Angeles comes from angelos. It's the word for angel. And so somebody who was here recently told me about that backstory. I don't remember who it was, but anyway, of how the city was named. I think it had something to do with the view of L.A. way back in the day that it seemed angelic. Anyway, uh, I'm trying to remember who shared that with me. But there's another strong angel, Angelon. He's coming down out of heaven, and he's clothed or robed with a cloud. And the rainbow was upon his head, and his face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. And I'll tell you this. Uh, scholars are divided on who this is. Some people say this is simply an angel, and he's, he's called a strong angel in this verse. Others believe this is Jesus himself because of the descriptions. Notice, this angel comes down out of heaven. He's clothed with a cloud. Think of the glory cloud. He's got the rainbow was upon his head. That's a cool hat, right? And he, was, he had a face was, was, that was like the sun and his feet like pillars of fire. This sounds like descriptions of the glory of God in Ezekiel. Descriptions like Jesus Christ in Revelation 1. But there's other evidences here that it might not be Jesus. And you know what? In the end, 
it doesn't really matter to the main message, but it's an intriguing thing. But think about it this way. If this is just a regular but strong angel, imagine how majestic and incredible and glorious angels are. That's why when people meet angels in the Bible, they hit the deck. And angels have to say, don't be afraid. It's cool, man. And you, you say, well, do you have any Ray-Bans around or sunglasses? Because you're real shiny. I mean, come on, man. Right? I don't meet people like you every day with, you know, hats like rainbows and feet like glowing metal and that kind of thing. That's not what I see. My friends are pretty dim. I have to admit. No, just... So this is an impressive being coming down out of heaven. And John, when he sees him, he says, man, the, the angel, he, he's clothed with a cloud. He's got a rainbow. He's got a face like the sun. He's got feet like pillars of fire. Glorious, incredible prophecy. Write down Deuteronomy 32, 39 through 43. Here's what it says. See now that I, I am he, and there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and give life. I have wounded, and it is I who heal. And there is no one who can deliver from my hand. Indeed, I lift up my hand to heaven and say, as I live forever, if I sharpen my flashing sword, my hand takes hold on justice, I will render vengeance on my adversaries. I will repay those who hate me. That's Deuteronomy 32, 39 through 41. The Lord lifts up his hand to heaven. The Lord is depicted as doing this. So it makes you wonder, is it the Lord Jesus? Is it an angel? Well, John calls him a mighty angel. And he's got this, uh, he's robed with a cloud. We can think of, for example, Psalm 104 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with splendor and majesty. It says in verse 3, he makes his clouds his chariot. So God is depicted as riding on the clouds as if it was his transportation. A rainbow being on this angel's head reminds us of a description of God's throne in Revelation 4.3. And even the promise given to Noah, God put his bow in the sky. And that was right after what? The flood came and God said, I'll never destroy the world again by a deluge of water. His face being like the sun is a Similar description to Jesus in Revelation 1.16. And even the Apostle Paul says that Jesus on the road to Damascus when he met the risen Lord shined more than the noonday sun. Matthew 17.2 at the transfiguration says that Jesus' face shone like the sun and his garments became white as light. Matthew 17.2. His feet like pillars of fire also is descriptions of God now, for example, the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and a pillar of fire by night to give them light. That's Exodus 13, 21. So that's why people go back and forth in these descriptions. You can also write down Ezekiel 1, verses 26 through 28, and Ezekiel 8, verses 2 through 4. Ezekiel 1, 26 to 28, Ezekiel 8, 2 through 4. So again, this, this one that's coming down out of heaven, I'll just say to you, I'll leave it to your own study, but he is an impressive being, and he comes down, and uh, he's got something that John is going to have to uh, participate with. He, the angel, this is Revelation 10 to, had in his hand a little book or a little scroll which was open, and he placed his right foot on the sea and his left foot 
on the land. Now, I don't know how big this angel is, right? To place your left foot on the sea and your right foot on the land. Now, I've done that at at the beach a couple of times, but it's only in the shallow water, right? You got to kind of get a little bit wide, right? But anyway, what this means is the land and the sea and his feet being upon them shows mastery, mastery. Uh, in fact, in Psalm 8, it says, you have put thing, all things under his feet. There it's speaking of mankind, man having dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, mastery, all things under his feet. One day the enemies will be at the feet of Jesus Christ. And so this little scroll is open and the angels got it. And we did see a scroll and chapter 5, and the one who took the scroll out of the right hand who sit, of him who sits on the throne was Jesus. So there's some commentators who believe this is the same scroll. The same one as Revelation 6 is here. But notice it is called a little scroll. And uh, some people believe that it's a smaller part of God's judgment. Some believe that it may speak of rapidity or a rapidness of God's judgment. But it does show God's mastery. And if this angel is representing God, minimally that's what he is doing, it shows that God is the king of, of glory. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and also all those who dwell in it. Everything belongs to God. Everyone belongs to God. And so when the judgment comes, it's going to be God really saying, you know what, this is my planet. I've let you have free reign long enough. Now my king is going to reign. You've had plenty of kings. You've had plenty of presidents. You've had plenty of shots at this. Now I'm going to fix it. You know, as I think about God fixing everything, that, that is a great image. And I just taught from 1 Corinthians 13, and there's a phrase in there in the famous love chapter that Paul says, when the perfect comes. Do you know there's a time coming when God is going to fix everything, when the perfect will come. You know, as many beautiful moments as we share here on this planet, there still, <laughs> there's always this gnawing sense of the imperfect and how transient everything here is. But there's a time coming when God is going to fix everything. He's going to undo what we did. He's going to make all things new when the perfect comes. Hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance, and at our church, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, we have a great church member, a great brother in Christ with a great big pastoral heart. His name is Paul Hicks, and he's doing multiple devotionals a week that you can get on your phone to encourage your walk with Jesus. I personally recommend these. I get them. I read them. I usually start my day with them. And it's a great way just to get a built-in scripture on your phone with the busyness of life that you can read and it'll set your heart, get that compass point right. You can subscribe to receive these short devotionals to help you get a step closer in your walk with the Lord, getting into the Bible, a simple thought or two on the text. When you text step closer, to 33222. Remember, it's all one word. Step closer to 33222. One more time. Step closer, all one word, 33222. Also subscribe online at walkintruth.com. Now, please join us this Sunday evening because we have something very special that you're invited to. 
My son Shane Lance is going to tell you more about it. Hey everybody, my name is Shane Lance and I have the privilege and honor of being the music director here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them, such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening. And these acts and performances are going to be used to display the way that God has redeemed each one of their lives. And the show is going to be called A Journey to Him. We've been rehearsing and working hard, and we're really excited about this show. And we hope that you'll consider joining us for either of the productions. Uh, The first one is going to be Wednesday, July 31st at 7 p.m. in lieu of our normal midweek service here at Living Truth. Or you can see the show on Sunday night, August 4th. So both of those shows are coming up soon, and it's going to be a great time to just get together with a body of believers and just celebrate the things that God has done in our life. So that's a journey to Him. It's an event where our youth and young adult will be displaying the talents God has given them and how He's changed their life. So we hope you'll join us for either of those shows. That's again July 31st at 7 p.m. or August 4th at 6.30 p.m. Well, that will be a blessing for your entire family, so I hope to see you Sunday night at 6.30. You can get the information and directions to the church here in Corona Living Truth when you click on the Visit tab at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now come back tomorrow because we're going to continue the teaching in Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. Until then, may God richly bless you. We'll talk to you Thursday. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.